0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You knew it! Why? You tell the story! Why? Welcome to
1: another episode of the Golden Blogs podcast, the Bearcast. I got that one right this week. I did not, did not feel like last week. I don't know what it was. I was, it was tongue twister after tongue twister, just trying to say, <laughs> just trying to say Golden Blogs, the Bearcast. Um, we're back. We're pretty early. We're back early this week. It was a short turnaround, um, mainly because my co-host here is uh
2: some uh, going on vacation, basically. <laughs> <laughs> World <traveling>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going to Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. For some uh, deep dish and some uh what else?
1: Uh Big Owl's. No no not Big Owls. Is it Big Owl's? The the, the Chicago sandwich, the roast beef sandwich. Oh. Uh, is that Al's? That's Al's, that is. Is it Al's? I think it is Al's.
2: Um, that's up there. The Italian beef? Yeah. Um there's a couple of places that you can get it, and um, wow, I can't believe the name is escaping me, but there's, a, there's one that's like super, super famous in the middle of downtown. Wow. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. You yeah, got that? Yeah. I'm not. I've never been a big fan, but I'll tell you, Zachary's is better than any Chicago deep dish. Sorry to anyone out there, but it's way better. And <laughs> the best thing, though, that I've been looking forward to, I've been telling all my friends about, is this OshaVal. and it's a restaurant in the West Loop. And they have this bacon, or it's like, I mean, I'm not going to do it any justice, but they just have the best cheeseburger in the entire world. So it's no that good. Mean, oh my gosh, it's so, I mean, it, I have a very strict burger list. My first was this place by the chef Alan Wong in Hawaii. Okay, yes. He used to have his own restaurant on the Big Island. He doesn't have it anymore. And it was this lunch burger that had onion rings and then guacamole put into the onion rings And it was just, like, (laughs) mind-blowing. So good. And then I went here and went to Ashaval, and they have this thick bacon that they put on these burgers, and then it comes with a fried egg, and it's, their single is actually two patties, and their double is actually four patties. Oh, okay. Oh, man. I'll snap you. You'll see that. (laughs) That looks like a damn good burger. And I'm like, yes. I will be in heaven. We're trying, I'm actually, not gonna lie, I was texting with my friends, orchestrating How How you were going (laughs) to go there twice rather than just once (laughs) this weekend? Oh, multiple times. You need to visit those
1: types of places multiple times. Like, you know, when my friends come to visit me in San Francisco and here in the Bay Area, you know, one of the food trucks that we always go to is Senor Cisic. Of course, it's a staple here in the Bay Area if you are a foodie to a certain degree and and go to food trucks and, you know, they visit for a week. They want to go after they had the first time. They want to pretty much go every day, you know, just because... They want that spicy port California burrito with an egg in it. Like that's just that's what they that's what they want. But uh, yeah, I know it's whenever you travel, you always tend to gear towards that. I know I know some people that are you know especially with the Cal game in Australia this year, they're planning trips to Australia, of course, based around the game. It's a pretty good excuse to go to Australia, um, but they're planning like eateries all around, um, like just around the stadium, around where they're staying. Like that's. It's awesome. I think that's the fun of traveling, right? It's sightseeing and eating. That's like I, I always want to go to Asia because <laughs> it's dirt cheap. Everything so, is cheap because you can go and have amazing meals. You can. I will tell you this: if you ever make the trip out to Seoul, you can find anything you want twenty four hours a day, delivered to your door. <laughs> and 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 I quote: I, I kid you not. If you go to any any park, right? Any general park. Um, on the lampposts are, like, stickers of, like, Chinese restaurants and, like, uh, fried chicken restaurants. And you call them and you tell them, like, I'm next to, you know, like, this little mini-mart. They will find you and they will deliver it to you. Wow. They're, you don't need an address. Like, <laughs> <delivering> <laughs> it's, yeah, on
0: yeah. Point, it's though?
1: on point. It's on point. Chinese food is delivered within 20 minutes. You can't beat that. You absolutely cannot beat that. And no tip, by the way, us in Asia – We
2: don't tip. I love that. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Time to go. One of my buddies, Daniel Song, who worked with me on the Cal football equipment staff, uh lives out out there. Time to make a visit. Time to make a visit.
1: All right. Um, Since we're talking about traveling, um, Rio is up in about, I think, I think a week. I think the opening ceremony is in about a week. It's all right. Andy is going to be eating as we talk – we have a little fruit platter here plus we have a little uh, bear cookie that uh, Andy says is from – all the way from London. Harris. Yeah, Harris. Um, but the first <laughs> – the, the bear cookie that's at the very top um, has its legs broken off and we were wondering if, it, if that's something ominous, um, whether we should hide that bear. Um, I don't know what we should do with that one. Probably eat it. <laughs> Probably <laughs> eat it at some point. <laughs> No, no injuries, um, no injuries, injuries. okay, Let's but back see when the, the Olympics, Olympics are starting, but back to the point uh the Rio Olympics, as Andy looks up when the Olympics start uh, we have forty two athletes cal has forty two former students and current students uh, that are headed to Rio, eight coaches and/or staff members um, also headed to Rio, so we have a total of fifty people from that are somehow affiliated with the university going to Rio that's. Insane. That's an incredible figure. And one of those is not Natalie Coffin. That's like the that's the mind blowing part. You would think that she's in there, but she's not. If you if you did not know, she did not make the cut this year uh, during the trials. I think it was about two weeks ago. Um, so she's not going. But I mean, I have the entire list in front of me right here. How does that um, compare? Do you know how that compares against other schools? See, that's what I was wondering too. But that's why I I, I searched the internet. I searched. I googled. I asked Jeeves. I yahooed. I binged. I tried every single search engine possible. There was no compilation list of like You asked Jeeves. Yeah. I asked Jeeves. Um, Is Jeeves still around? I don't know. I don't know. No, no. I don't so I know. lied. I didn't ask Jeeves. But I really wish I really would have. It's a good reference. <laughs> um But you know I I tried, I tried, I you know, maybe I thought maybe a Reddit, maybe a college Reddit line or maybe a college, you know, uh, SB Nation or, or you know, our rival site of Bleacher Report. Maybe they had something. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, we're one of the only school blogs, websites that have actually compiled, you know, all the people going. Oh, well, CalBears.com, of course, the official site has the entire uh, list compiled as well. But, you know, not a lot of places have it hmm. readily available. Um, but... You know, I'm, I'm looking through this list and I'm just going to go through a couple. You know, we got – let's see. We got about eight people uh, going for crew, um, men's crew and women's crew. We got uh, Will Dean for Canada, Narek, uh Gurujian, USA, Marco Marjanovic. I'm going to butcher a lot of these names. Serbia, Oliver, Sigilar, uh, Netherlands, Nate, Nathan. I'm not even going to try this one. I'm not. I'm, I'm not even try that
2: Polish one. Then Natan Wierdzieski Smitska. <laughs> that's pretty good, <laughs> Mr.
1: Smitska. That's pretty good. Um, and Kaylee uh, Filmer for Canada for the U.S. Women's, women's crew team. I mean, there's a whole bunch, you know. And we have men's golf. Pyongyang, um, An, South Korea. Yes, represent. Representing. If you're listening to this, I highly doubt it. But I'm Pyongyang I think. Daeming-guk, I think. There you go. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I root for both countries when the, when I was in, when I was in middle school and the world cup was happening and I lived in Seoul at the time and, uh, the U S played South Korea, uh, we were in the same group. I had like, I had like a mental breakdown. Like I didn't know who to root for. It was just, I was literally torn down the middle. So I just said, please, please Lord God, let this end in a one, one draw. And that's what happened. Oh no! That's way. what happened. We ended. What order. did you wear? Did you do the split outfit? I didn't. I didn't. I just wore neutral gray. <laughs> I didn't wear red. I didn't wear white. I didn't wear blue. Um, so we just went with that. Uh, we have three. Uh, we have one men's gymnastics, one women's gymnastics. We have uh, one Cal rugby athlete who's on the men's rugby team for USA. Uh, soccer, of course, uh, big one, Alex Morgan, uh, and current player Betsy Hassett uh, for New Zealand. And then swimming is like this this just abnormal list of <laughs> – like Nathan Adrian, of course, is the big name. Um, Missy Franklin, of course, is the other big name. There are, there are some other ones that are really big too with current uh, swimmers. I just don't know which particular one are, But look – Just running through the countries, right? USA, Slovenia, Mexico, Hong Kong, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Egypt, Canada, USA. The diversity, like, playing, you know, representing your country, that's – I think that's – it's so cool to see. I mean they all swim – swam or swim for Cal. But at the same time in the Olympics, they're going to be wearing, you know, their national team thing. And it's – I think it's cool to be able to represent your country at any of these events, right?
2: Yeah, it shows the – Diversity amongst athletics at Cal.
1: Yeah,
2: awesome. We even have table tennis. Lily Zhang for Team USA
1: table tennis. Do we even have a t- table tennis team? Like I thought it was. I don't know if you remember, but I thought it was just the table tennis the, the guys meet up uh, every Friday at the RSF. They close off one of the basketball courts, about half of it, uh, in the RSF, in the way back, about half the half court, or about half the court in the the very back basketball court, and they. You know, people just show up and that's where they play. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe it's just like a little group. But I guess there aren't people that play competitively for Cal. That's 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 amazing. Um, and people forget table tennis is actual Olympic sport. <laughs> I think most of us play table tennis like just for fun and fail to realize like people make a living off of this sport too. <laughs> and it's like incredible. It's huge. In China? China. Yeah. yeah. Or I mean – us Koreans we're not bad at it either. Um I think I think it's an Asian it's definitely an asian dominated sport. Um uh, but I mean yeah, table tennis I think is one of the most more fun olympic events to watch. It's just so intense. It goes back and forth and yeah, yeah, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, it's just intense. <laughs> uh we got some other ones here. Track and field of course. Job at Best is a, is the highlight name for us as we talked about last week for St. Lucia. Is it Lucia or Lucia? St. Lucia? I think it's St. Lucia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Then we got some other uh, men's track and field athletes uh, playing for Serbia, uh, for Peru, uh, women's track and field for Team USA. We got a whole bunch of water polo too. We got two uh, for Team USA men's. We got two for Team Hungary women's Mm. and one Team Spain um, women's. That's a – I mean – of course, we all knew our water polo team pretty good, right? But the fact that they're making national teams outside of Team USA, like that's that's incredible. That's just absolutely incredible. Um then, of course, volleyball, the big one. Um, Carly Lloyd, uh, one of the best Cal setters ever. Um, if you went to Cal between the years of 2007 and 2011, um, and you, you were a guy you most likely knew of her or had a crush on her, I will raise my hand and be a part of that my freshman year. Um, but, yeah, I don't know why I'm admitting these things on a podcast that most, a lot of people are listening to. But that was a big step. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Let's see. And then we got a women's crew coach. We got a field hockey coach. Uh, we got men's gymnastics assistant coach. Uh, athletic care coordinator for Team USA for men's gymnastics. Um, she's the head coach or the women's gymnastics coach at Cal. She's actually the head coach for Jamaica. That's crazy. Like she's not an, like she is, she picked like all the kids that are going. Like that's crazy. Do we have anyone on that team? Uh, the women's women's gymnastics. I believe, I believe we did. Um, let me take a look at this last page right here. Uh, we do Tony Ann Williams. Hmm. Yep, yep. So coach and player, both going to Rio for Jamaica. That's crazy. So cool. Yeah. Um, The men's gymnastics coach, the current men's gymnastics coach, is the head coach for South Africa. And uh, the player that's going for Cal is also playing for South Africa. Hmm. So we have two coaches, two players playing under at Cal and for the respective countries. It's pretty crazy. Uh, Dave Durden, who's the uh, Cal men's swimming coach, he's going to be an assistant coach for Team USA. And uh, the current uh, Cal alum, uh, Chris Oding, will be a assistant coach for the Team USA women's water polo team. And the current Cal Volleyball Director of Operations, David Dante, will provide technical support for the USA men's volleyball team. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool seeing, you know, like non-athlete people getting picked as part of staff, right? That just means that they're stellar at that job for that sport. I mean, and that's – the crazier part is we don't even have a men's volleyball team and yet we have a director of operations going with the men's volleyball team. (laughs) That's that's very true. (laughs) We do not. I don't know how that even happened. Yeah, we have that just the club team. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean the Olympics start, I think – I don't know. Nine days. Nine days. Nine days. Personally, for me, the Olympics is fun. I think it's – especially if the time difference works out. It's one of those things – it is. It does because it's in Rio, so it's, I think, East Coast time, oh, which, fantastic. which works out for us perfectly. Um, it's one of those things that you're watching just all day. It doesn't matter what sport it is. It's just – it's fun that you're going to see something live athletic-wise all the time happen. On the television. Exactly. Wherever you go, whenever you go, from the morning to night – there's always going to be an Olympic event you can watch. Um, and, you know, everyone talks about the marquee ones, like the 100-meter dash, um, this, you know, the swimming, you know, with Phelps and all that stuff.
2: Uh, Is there qualifying rounds in the Olympics or they're just – there's heats, right? Yeah, for, for swimming, yeah, there, there are heats. For 100-meter too? For 100-meter as well. So then Javed has to essentially earn his way into the final.
0: Yeah. So and he has to be
2: part of the last eight, eight I believe, or nine. Um, that make it
1: into that. So, I don't know. Personally, I wanted I, – I mean, regardless of where he lines up, I'd want to see him race Hussein at some point, right? Whether that's in the heat or, you know, in the final, I think that would be really cool um, to see just him racing against Hussein Bolt. We all remember him running across Memorial Stadium, and now he's going to be running in the main stadium at Rio. So, I mean, root for all your bears, uh, watch the Olympics. I know I just read an article this morning about the conditions in Rio and it's not great. Still? Yeah, still. Uh, there's, I saw a picture of a sewage, a sewage line, right? It's a sewage line that doesn't have a top. So it's basically like a, like a moat basically. And it's, it's literally 50 feet from the entrance to the Olympic athletes village. And you can smell it. Apparently you can smell it and everything. I don't know how why it was built that way, but that's how it was built. Um, so the conditions aren't great. Um, and, you know, everyone's talking about the whole Zika virus thing and all that. So I just hope all our athletes are out there safe, sound, enjoy yourselves, have a great time. It's the Olympics. Um, it's a beautiful city. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but also just to stay safe and uh, just, yeah, maintain your your athletic just – ability at its peak form. You don't want anything to, to mess with that when you're trying to win a medal. So, yep, yeah. that's it for the Olympics. Uh, we'll keep you guys posted uh, every week during throughout the Olympics. I know I've, there's going to be a little overlap um, with, you know, when the football season starts, but it's fine. Um, the only things I think that might overlap are towards the end, which is usually track and field. And uh, the like, the medal rounds for the big team sports, Uh, soccer being one of them, basketball being one of them. Granted, we don't have any players on those teams, but still fun to watch. Uh, Moving on, talking about football, we're trying to we're trying to plow through this thing, and we are going right now. All right, on to football. uh, The first thing to talk about is you know. A couple of weeks ago, we did a long talk about the San Francisco Chronicle. I think it's the San Francisco Chronicle, right? Correct. The yeah. Yes. The San Francisco Chronicles article about uh, strength and conditioning coach Damon Harrington. Uh, I think it was a week ago or two weeks ago. I think it was last week. Um, Ryan Gorsey of Bear Territory.net, good friend of ours. Um, he did a phenomenal piece on Damon Harrington um, and interviewed former walk-on lineman Donovan Frazier and his take um, on what – it wasn't necessarily like an against an SF Chronicle um, article. It was more of a, here's what this size has, this side has to say, not negating what this Chronicle article had to say, but this is the other side. And he wrote a great piece. It wasn't, it wasn't like anger funneled at the San Francisco Chronicle. It was, it was just a really good interview piece about what the other side had to say. The non Damon Harrington is, is like a threat type of side. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. What was your take
2: um, on that piece? Um, I thought that piece was incredible. So, um, I I think maybe "incredible" is too strong a word, but (laughs) uh, but I I thought it was like it, it was rewarding in the sense that you know you felt like you saw a lot of response from the players that was very against that article. You know how I felt about that article. I just felt like. They had lawyers in their ears, and they were saying one thing, and they're like, "This is what we're going to say. It's going to make for a good story, and we're not going to bother to check for any other resources, like sources." Yeah, and so I was really initially quite a bit upset with those, like with those authors and the way that they went about it. It just kind of seemed like, I think I wrote it on the blog. I just said, "It just seemed like a hack job." Yeah, just what it what it seemed like. So. To hear it from – and this is the way I always interpreted the change with Sunny Dykes. And initially when – like even when Abby initially put me on the blog, one of my first pieces, I put in this Jackson-Booza video clip from 2014 after we had lost – I don't know what it was. Like some – another game. Right? We had lost another game. It was the big game. And Jackson came on as the senior. as It was senior night. And one of the reporters asked, hey, like have you noticed an actual change in the culture? And he goes, oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, kids sitting at the front of the classrooms being serious about their work coming to to practice on time and that was what really gave me faith in a season where there wasn't a lot of things that were providing that so to then go all the way back and revisit this from the perspective of you know Harrington is this and then have all the players say no Harrington is someone that's positively changed like positive changed my life in a very positive way and have somebody that's come in with by the way, two degrees graduating from Cal and say, "Hey like this is the way that we this went down. There was a lot of people that weren't on board and were not buying in, which happens when you have a change in regime and then he also touched on the Tedford culture, which I knew and knew that was permeating that program and being around it and in it, and then went on to talk about exactly where you know, Harrington was at in regards to the Fabiano Hale incident. Mm -hmm. And I thought everything he said was really valuable. Um, And the last thing I I will say is he didn't touch on the Ted incident. And I still think I look at the article and say, yeah, um, or even, so the Ted stuff, like, I, I mean, maybe I shouldn't even approach that, but the Ted stuff was like, on the side of like, I don't think that ultimately Harrington was completely clued into the fact of exact. Like, I'm sure as a player, Ted was saying, "I don't want to be treated as a, as different from anybody else." Yeah, just don't get that's, that vibe. That's just any
1: player's mentality, right? That that that's just you know you you see it in all those sports movies. Like you know, it, you don't have to be behind the scenes to know this. Like you watch, you know, the Remember the Titans. You watch the um, the We Are Marshall. You watch. You watch any of those. You watch Friday Night Lights. You see the kids with the injuries. You see the kids coming back from injury. They want to play. They want to be a part of the team. They don't want to be a weight. They don't want to be um, like I, I yeah. Like they don't. I'm not saying this in a bad way. This is just the image that's popping in. They don't want to be just the the black sheep there. Like I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that as you know, they don't want to be the standout in that crowd where everyone knows, oh, we got to take care of him. You know, like we got to make sure he's OK. Granted, I think that's that's something that's necessary. But at the same time, as a player, I'm sure I mean, I've you know, the only time I was a part of the team was, you know, in high school playing baseball. But, you know, I didn't have a, 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 a serious uh, disorder like that, nor did I ever get injured seriously enough where I wanted to push myself to play for my teammates, um, luckily. Uh, but <laughs> thankfully, yeah. But it's just—I think it's one of those, and it's—I agree. And it's especially one of those things that doesn't need to be talked about. Like we can remember Ted for who he was and what he did for the program, and how that changed the approach to players and their specific needs, which is a good thing. Yeah. I think that's a great thing. But at the same time, you don't need to, you know, put it plaster's name all over a wall and and say, like, all the little bad things that happened underneath it and approach it in that sense, which is how the Chronicle article, in my opinion, kind of approached it. It was all the bad parts about it. This is what they should have done. This is what they didn't do for Ted, instead of remembering the player, remembering him, you know? And, and that's just my take on the Ted part. Yeah, for this, And Gorsi did a great part of kind of, I don't, think, I don't feel like he just didn't talk about it, it was more of a sense of it doesn't really have to do anything about this. Yeah. Like, it, like Harrington, I think that's what you're trying to get at, right? Is Harrington was a part of it, but it's, it wasn't to the extent that he needs to be like the focal point. Right. Like, you know, it's not an investigation about him like doing a wrong. It was just he was a part of the strength and conditioning team and the strength and conditioning team made a big mistake. Right, like, and, it's,
2: and you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with and exactly. the trainer there was the one that ended up getting rightfully fired for it and yep. he ended up not being a great guy um, I also think the only thing that I'd like to see for, and this is where I've been at and stayed consistently at is with the Hale incident he said you guys need to take this into your own hands and hold people responsible for it accountable fine, like, good things to say I get it, accountability is great especially when it goes two ways but To teens. Yeah. That have never held a position of authority ever. 18 to 22-year-olds, not the people you want to leave anything up to interpretation. Yeah. Just not somebody that you want to even have a shred of doubt of how they're going to interpret it. So I think – I mean I doubt this would ever happen or if it has happened, then great. But I think you could easily come out and say, yeah, like – did I say, like, exactly? I know that Donovan Frazier, I know the story is way too true. Like, you just know that it's not <laughs> totally true. So it's like, if he could come out and just say, you know, this is what happened. I learned my lesson. And, you know, like, time served, right? Learned my lesson and grew up. It. It's not a fireball offense. No, like, It's not. It was a simple, like, transgression that happened amongst teammates that were trying to get buy-in and people interpreted something the wrong way. I'm sure he learned a lot from it. I'm sure he grew a lot from it. People forget, like, he's a
1: pretty young strength and conditioning coach as well. And for him, he's learning on the job all the time, I'm I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, And this was just one of those things that he probably is looking back going, maybe I shouldn't have said that way. Like, I should have done it differently. Agreed. And that's, I mean, if he's man enough to admit that and he's, you know, regardless of what he says to us or regardless of what he says to the public, like, if he's said that to the team, you know, if he sat the team down, especially that group of kids and said, I shouldn't have said that, I, we should have approached a different way that's on me and they cleared the air about it. Yeah. That's fine.
2: No need for it to be public. Exactly. Great point. Yeah. yeah I think ultimately too, with this entire thing, the people who should be embarrassed and you probably know where I'm going with this one, the, <laughs> pe- the teachers that signed that petition, <laughs> that's silliness to not... I mean, not only are you in the complete minority amongst a, a much larger staff, yeah, and then on top of it, you don't wait to hear the other side of the story. You blindly put your name on a piece of paper that you have no idea whether or not it's true or not. Goodness, guys. this is, this is We're better than this as a university as a whole. I think this is Berkeley. People forget that. Yeah. It's not like... Harrington's coming in here, and it's Baylor, or it's another one of these programs where football is this protected deity that can't be touched by, you know, everybody worships football. It's like, this is Cal. Everyone yeah. comes here for academics and focuses on academics. The balance between academics and uh, the athletics is better here than at most schools. Look at UCLA. UCLA's getting people in that don't deserve to be in that school, and I don't mean to be... A guy that's observing it from afar and talking bad about it, but you can see it and they're dealing with it. People getting kicked off the program, people getting arrested in the program, people leaving the program early. Like I see it. I see what Jim Moore's got down there. And anyways, I'm proud of where we are and I'm proud of that article. And I'm proud of Donovan uh, coming out and saying all that and Gorsuch for publishing it and giving us the perspective that I think was badly needed. Yeah. I think that that perspective
1: was definitely, but ba- I think, most people that, as soon as that Chronicle article came up, you know, the big question was, what about the other side? Where's the other side? And Ryan published it, you know, with the help of Donovan vader and it basically answered all our questions, right? You know, a lot of, a lot of us, I don't know, I, I don't think we were angry, um, more or less just disappointed that they took that approach with that article. And then on top of that, was just curious to know what the other side had to say. Because the other side was... Very weirdly, strangely silent. Um, you know, like, <laughs> wasn't represented. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, Bryce Tregg said the whole, you know, if you if he, if he fire him, I'm, I'm going to say uh, his high school instead of uh, UC Berkeley uh, and, and things like that. But, you know, it, no one actually came out and gave, like, a – just a well spoken, eloquently written type of uh, thought on it and this was
2: what it was and this is exactly what needed. meant I'm from, sure the program said hey guys you need tweet share your support for coach please keep it under wraps but it was interesting that Cal Athletics released you know when they did they released that article with Cal Golden Blogs yeah it. they like us
1: now we're on the good side they actually like us um, so, Chronicles
2: Chronicles in the Doghouse yeah
1: yeah, Chronicles in the Doghouse now um, we're we're in we're in the green pastures they like our work. Um, so yeah. I'm 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 fine with that. <laughs> and I think that I think this piece pretty much just it, timing was perfect, in my opinion. Um it was like a, the issue had started to die down. I think if this if this piece had been written like right after, it would have caused like an entire bigger uproar. Uh, but it was on the ends of that issue dying down with, you know, him being re signed and and all that, and now he's he's back with the team. He's, he's working, he's coaching, um, doing all that, and Ryan releases this to just, it basically finds closure with the, the issue in the SF Chronicle article, and it just kind of wraps it all up and says, all right, that was the Cal off-season story um, 2.0. 1.0 was coach almost leaving uh, Dykes, you know, Missouri. 2.0 is is this one. Um, so in the words of Pacific Rim and Nam's. In Nam's favorite movie We reset the clock (laughs) To see when the next thing Is about to happen Oh boy Just give me a year Please Just one year Just one year Is that possible? Normalcy (laughs) Yeah I don't think so I don't think it's possible Alright Moving on Uh, We don't have any Recruiting news this week Strange Weirdly Alright so can we just Talk about the Najee Harris Yes I saw the picture You saw the Calvini picture What did you think of that picture? Dude he's coming to
2: Cal man (laughs) That picture was so tight. The beanie is clearly a cow one, right? You can't. And he said, I have to rep the bay. Yeah. Well, tell you what, buddy. There's a lot of different ways to rep the bay (laughs) besides wearing a cow hat. Dude, he's coming to Cal. That's awesome.
1: I mean, you're in Antioch, right? If you wanted to rep a college team or uh, like football, you could easily go with the Raiders. You could easily go with the Niners, right? Mm -hmm. If you wanted to rep the bay via any other sport, Warriors, big time, big time. Um, you wanted to rep any other sport, you know, that's uh very classical, yeah, you can get a sharks. You can say earthquakes. Earthquakes. <laughs> um you could uh the A's, you can wear an A's hat, you can wear a giant's hat. Like that's those are classic ways to rep the Bay Area, right? But no, you pick you pick the one school that's going after you that's literally a drive away. Like a literal thirty minute drive away. I don't know. <laughs> it was awesome. It was so cool to see. And he's like smiling. He's like, he, no one forced him to wear that. Hat. Like it was,
2: it was, it was a moment of, I, this hat looks nice today. I don't, I'm gonna wear it. Tell the Cal students or to be aware that we need to sell more of those beanies. Yeah, we do. We do.
1: I don't know where he got that, but that beanie is nice. Yeah, that's a very nice it's beanie. Dope. Yeah, probably that last line of Nike clothes. Oh, which by the way, there's a whole bunch of. I mean, if 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 any of you listening are looking for new Nike stuff. The Cal Bear store um, just got a restock of, like, all this new Nike gear. Um, and Clearance? I don't know. Some of them are just, like, brand, brand new. Um, so they haven't – it hasn't been clearanced yet. But at the same time, if you go to the student store right now, golf jerseys are about 70% off.
2: Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. If you want one. I'm a big fan of buying jerseys after the player leaves. <laughs> I just bought – a Vernon Davis Niners jersey, it, it was a, retailed at 185 <laughs> I got it for $30. Uh,
1: one little bit of side news uh, since we're talking about jerseys. I heard Kevin Durant's jersey in Oklahoma City is being sold for $0.45. Cents.
2: Yeah, 99% off. Lord. I would buy that too. If I I was would, like, yeah, if, if would I was that, an OKC, I would, I would buy that too. Um, oh, but man, 100 dollar. Jeez. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. um my cop is nude words. <laughs> it's that in between that and Draymond. Yeah, or a Team
1: USA shirt with Durant on it. I mean those shirts look nice, which by the way they played today here in Oracle. Uh, we're recording here on Tuesday. Team USA just played China.
2: Oh um, really?
1: Yep, yep. Steph was sitting courtside, you know, chatting it up with uh no wonder
2: like the part was so crowded. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's like, what is going on? Yeah, <laughs>
1: well, That's
2: awesome. Yeah, so they were
1: just, I just saw pictures. Harrison Barnes? Yep, Harrison Barnes, of course. Um, so but did he, he get a nice little ovation? I don't know. I don't know whether the crowd was more of a Team USA crowd or whether it was more of a God, be a Warriors crowd. Um, you know, it's just, some people are just there to see, like, the Team USA guys. And, you know, for me personally, for those types of events, you forget the... Wherever you're playing, like whatever, like you know, Staples. They played China at Staples a couple of days ago, I think on Sunday. Um, but the crowd was pro USA. It wasn't a pro like Lakers or Clippers. You know, when DeAndre was playing, like they didn't all just cheer for him. You know, when Clay played, play, they didn't boo him. Like it was more of a team USA thing. Which, which I think is the better part. What better thing to do? Um, just because reping your country. You're you're if you're if you're rooting for USA, you're most likely a <laughs> citizen. So. Or you know live in this country, so you know. Although it's right now that that line is very very gray with all these uh, presidential nominations
2: and all that no, good stuff. No, we, we don't have time to go there. No, we don't have time to go there. But <laughs> but
1: it, it has been a very eventful two weeks of listening to speeches. That's no, no, no. that is for sure. Open up that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to talk about those <laughs> speeches. But I will say if you, I will say this about the the conventions, um, mm-hmm. and then we'll go on to some of our football stuff. If you haven't listened to the speeches, I. I very, very much uh, encourage you to. There were a lot of good speeches throughout the, the entire week. Um, my notable favorite uh, was Ted Cruz. <laughs> and that's a joke, by the way. That's a, that's a, that's an absolute joke. Um, but someone – I think it was The Daily Show. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, it was The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. He said uh, after Ted Cruz finished his speech, um, what's it? Donald Trump might have flown out of Cleveland uh, on his private jet, but <laughs> – but Dead Cruz flew out of there with a fire-breathing dragon dressed like Khaleesi. <laughs> um, Trevor Noah's great. He is. He He's is. really good.
2: He is. I enjoy him quite a bit. Yeah. I hope we reach that level one day. One day. Trevor Noah's level. Yeah. <laughs> Will we ever get there? I don't know. I saw him um, do stand-up. It was really good. It was really good. Right before he was going to take over the show, and then we got offered to be in a. Like a focus group afterwards, uh-huh. he paid us a hundred dollars. Wow! To okay. so, I like, just talk about him and yeah. what his impact was going to be on the daily show. So I went to see him live and got paid for it. I will do it again. <laughs> you're, <out there. laughs> you're paying me to watch stand up comedy. I'll <laughs> so do it. So sweet.
1: All right, um, moving on. Speaking of paying to watch things, our offense uh, this year is what we're going to be paying to watch. Basically, uh, if you're going to any of the Cal games we're definitely not going to be there to watch our defense. Um, and I figured today we should talk about our offense a little bit. We went over the depth charts, uh, but we didn't go over specifics about the offense or the defense. We just talked about just, um, where guys are lined up, you know, who the starter is, who the backups, if you didn't listen to that, go take a listen, uh, from last week's episode. But for now, you know, I just, we wrote up a couple questions that, you know, both of us are going to answer about the roster and the, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and we'll just get started with the biggest, biggest one, um, Andy, who do you think needs the to make the biggest jump from last year to this year, or make the biggest improvement on this roster? On the offense. On the offensive side, side, yes.
2: Um, and this is going to be weird because we saw this jump last year, but it still got has has to be the O line for me. Yeah. Um, one more year of Brandon Jones implementing his system, and then with what Spavvewell can bring, I think with because he has more of an actual run game, like a balanced run and pass. Um. So. I think that that is what I would like to see the most. We changed up our scheme late last year, and I always forget. I always look for the little article. I yeah. never find where it's actually evidence of Dyke saying, yeah, we changed this, and then yeah. the whole frequent thing. But that really seemed to – like I just remember the Stanford game and golf having a lot of time. Yeah. And that was something that was rare. Especially it was. coming off the Utah game, like just maybe three or so, four weeks prior. Yeah.
1: I so, don't do any O line like I, I. can't tell like who a good O line is like unless he just plummels like a defensive end to the floor. Uh, but I believe the term for this year was that they changed the stance from the vertical set to the kick slide. Yeah, I have no idea what that means. Um, like I'm not positional savvy enough to be. I able know what to a tell kick slide it. is. I don't know what the vertical. I have no idea. But yeah. that's what we used. To, that's what we were running. Um, and apparently, a lot of the O line guys did not like that. And now that we've come to the kick slide, I think a lot more guys are comfortable. Uh, it's easier for them to get some space. And I don't know. That's from. That's what I've heard um, from
2: people. With the lack of a mobile quarterback in our system, I think that's definitely the biggest key. And can we open up holes for Vic, Trey, and Calfani to run through? That we can get the run game going, as we saw last year. You don't have to have a proficient run game for the offense to work. You just have to have one.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) It's like you have to be able to have one that gets more than two yards a carry. That was what really plagued us two years ago. Was the fact that when we ran the ball, we get two yards every time. And if we tried to run the ball three times in a row, it guaranteed three and out. Yeah. So, O line making that step for the most experienced unit comes with, in my opinion, the highest expectations. Yeah. So. That's the unit that I expect to see the biggest improvement. What about you? Uh, you know what? I'll go. I'll go hand in hand with that. I'll. I don't want to say this, but
1: I'm going to say it. Is the running backs. I think you know we have a lot of high expectations for Trey. We have a high. We have boatload of expectations for what Vic can probably do, um, and then Calafati, of course, surprises us every year because we think that he's not going to be on the football team anymore, and then all of a sudden he's appearing. You know, running kickoffs and then running the third third downs. Um, so for me, it goes it goes hand in hand with what you said with the O line, right? They have to be able to open up the holes for running backs to get through. But at the same time, I think our running backs have to be they have to increase their I think their running lane just visual ability. They got to see which holes to run through. If it doesn't work, bounce back out and go the other direction. There were too many times where it was I felt like during the games it was. That's the only thing they focused on was, all right, this was the run scheme planned, right? Run through the A-gap. I'm going to run through the A-gap no matter what, even if it's it's clogged up with, you know, they stack the box with seven guys or eight guys. Like, I'm going to run through that hole. I think that Um, was Vic's. I saw that more in Vic than I did in Trey. Yeah, but then Trey's thing, I think, for me was always, I'm just going to try to speed out on the outside. Mm -hmm. Instead of cutting back in and maybe, you know, shifting through – You know, like a little little diagonal block. And so that's what I think I need to see more is just diversity in the run style, I guess. It's no longer, I don't, like, I want to see more diversity. I have so much, so much, like, I don't know, expectation for these guys to be good. And they are, and they have the ability to. But it just seems so, you know, um, tunnel visioned in terms of how they were going to run. Like, you know, as we just said, Trey's always going to be pushing to the outside. Vic is the bowling ball. He's always going to just keep turning. Yeah, exactly. And just, you know, but we look at what, you know, of course, one of the greatest running backs ever played Cal. You look at Marshawn's highlight reel and you look at his his just even his six, seven yard touchdown runs, right? He would plow inside and if he didn't see it, he he would backstep out and then run off the edge if he was running to the edge and he saw a defender closing in on him he would step cut and go back in and then hit the a or you know interior gap and he just that's that's and of course his strength was just amazing uh but that's what I kind of want to see with our running backs is we have this set thing of when people talk about running backs Trey's the fast one right he's the shifty one Vic is the bowling ball And Calfani is the speedster. Like that's just how we like kind of group the running backs, like the three guys and what we label them as. But personally, I wanted to see all that mixed between the three. Um, I'm less Calfani because I think his speed is without a doubt his best attribute. Um, And, you know, being a senior, there's not much wiggle room to, to change how you've been running. But for these other two guys, I think they can build a little bit off each other. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago when we had Javin and Shane, those guys were two speed guys, but they did, they both did inside. They both did outside. They both pass passed. Right. They you know, when you had either of them, you, they just slotted in perfectly and they did pretty much everything that the other guy did.
2: Yeah. Very um, underrated as
1: pass blockers too. Exactly. Oh, of course, Ron Gould was coaching at the time. So blast blocking was just a stalwart of those running backs. Um, but and that's an area I think I saw Dick needed to work on too yeah so he did whiff on a couple of blitz pickups um, but if he can get his pass blocking game up I mean yeah he's got all the strength I mean he yeah he has physically he has all the tools to do it it's just it's just a matter of the repetitions and the practice and, and getting accustomed to doing it I don't think a lot of running backs these days especially high school kids do much like if you're the star running back we're just gonna hand off to you and you're just gonna run like it's that's pretty much how it is, right? Um, so, yeah, I just want to see a big improvement for the running backs is a big one for me. Um, let's move on to the next question. Uh, any particular players you see here that might red shirt this year? I guess that's I'm only to give you a shocking
2: player that might red shirt.
1: A shocking player? All right. It was a shocking player that might red shirt? It's me, just Robertson. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's literally out of nowhere. All right, you're you're hot. That's a hot take.
2: That's my hot take. That is your
1: hot take. Why is why is features Robertson possibly gonna redshirt?
2: Well, I mean, I still see it as very unlikely. <laughs> but of all of all the positions that we have, like all the positions on offense, that's the one where you have all the most ta- like we have so much talent. At so mm-hmm. let's say he comes out and yeah, he might have the speed element, um, but. And I forget, Stovall's listed as wide receiver, right? Yeah. Stovall's at the Y. He's the starter at the Y. Yeah. So, that's, I mean, that's the most interesting dynamic to me. You got Stovall that's the clear-cut starter. I don't know. Yeah. If Singleton, Singleton, who, by the way, was a massive, massive recruit for us, um, and
1: he is, he was, uh, Sonny Dykes told us last year uh, at media that he thinks Singleton is the fastest player on the team.
2: Yeah. So there's a very good chance that that's the case. They look at Demetrius and say, "All right, let's give you a red shirt year and not risk any injury, and I mean not any serious injury, and then we come back that much more loaded the next year around." But I mean, I kind of doubt it. But of any other positions here, red shirt candidate, why not? We're, we're unbelievably loaded at the wide receiver position, so I don't see any reason to rush him in if he's not ready. So yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this going. The only the only positions
1: that you would probably redshirt at are wide receiver and quarterback. Right. Those are the only two positions that you would probably have redshirt candidates. Of course, wide receiver, you you go down the list, you're gonna have redshirt, you know, I think Logan Logan Gamble might redshirt. Um you look at the other wide receiver positions, maybe Matt Laris, um mm-hmm. maybe Drew Kobayashi. Yep. Um I'd say he's Yeah. You look down, and that's basically it, right? He's he got such good size, though. Yeah, he does. He does. But I just don't see him getting any snaps at that position over Hansen, Strickland, Duncan, and Austin Aaron. Strickland's amazing as well. <laughs> <laughs> and he redshirted. Huge. 6'4", 215. Yeah, we've never had that type of receiver before who's athletic out of the gym, too. Um, so, you know, maybe the running backs. I mean, I'm looking at the list going uh, after Billy McCurry, Zion Eccles, then Laird. Then Netherda, then Hale, then Clark. Maybe Clark red shirts, um, but Echoes are probably a red shirt. I mean, but right now on the depth chart, he's listed as the fifth running back. Ah, that's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense so, to me either. Yeah, but signals <laughs> red shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking at that list going. That's that's probably. It. I mean, maybe looking at the quarterback list. Who, Dude, Logan Gamble six six.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes. We could run the Twin Towers on each side. Pretty much. Pretty much. It always smokes. Yeah. So I'm looking at
1: this going uh, quarterbacks, Max maybe? Victor maybe?
2: Yeah, I think Max. I, mean, I think Max is more of a richer candidate than Victor in my mind. Yeah. Because Victor could play the role of the mobile quarterback and also be, I don't know. I really loved this tape. So. You're, you're high on Victor. I think a lot of people are if you watch
1: this. His, his tape is...
2: It's like watching Ben Roethlisberger play. Pretty, nice. much. Yes, pretty, pretty much, yeah,
1: pretty much, yeah. Um, I will say it kind of. It some people are gonna hate me for saying this. It reminds me of a college Tebow a little bit. That's fine. I'm going take two years of Tebow
2: all day. Right? Yeah.
1: I mean, because people <laughs> normally associate Tebow with how he played in the NFL versus oh how he played in college. He was so good. He was Gosh. amazing in college. Um, Unstoppable. So. Yeah, I mean he fits that mold. I, and he talks. Uh, I know Victor kind of talks about the he's in the Russell Wilson mold, um, and that that's not bad either. Is he bigger than Russell? Russell? No, I think Russell's a little bit bigger. Um, really? Yeah. No, Russell's short. is he like is he six? 11? Is he under six? Is Russell Wilson under six? I always thought he was like at least yeah, I think six That's two. why he got passed up on the draft. I think he was um, tiny. People already wouldn't be able to see over the whole line. He's still good. People forget. You know, every once in a while, the the undersized QB they tend to do well. Anyone remember uh, Doug Flutie or Drew Brees? Yeah, yeah, undersized, but they played and they played well. So still play well. Still plays well. Yep. I'm looking up his height. Yeah. Um, and we'll move on from that, I guess. But that was a hot take. I never expected that hot take.
2: That's <laughs> a real hot take. I don't think it's gonna be like the traditional. Rob, hot take, because yours always come true, so I'm <laughs> hoping that tonight mine will come true, so we get into G. Harris, and then I don't I mean, I don't have I like, <laughs> I don't have a preference if Demetrius plays or not, like I'd love to see him play, but I, All right. I can get more years out of him, why not? We had a
1: 5'11". Oh, he's 5'11". Wow, okay, he's under, so he's actually smaller than Victor. Okay, yeah. I mean, Victor's built, he's 6'1",
2: that's a linebacker. That's what I'm saying. He's Ben. He's a ben. ben. He's Big Ben. Um, that's why I think if he can come in and play the exact role of the mobile quarterback that we ran two years ago that we kind of stopped doing last year, thank goodness. Um, we, we couldn't with Goff. Right. That's not possible. Although he did have that quarterback sneak against Washington. That oh, that's oh, be beho- Who did he destroy? He destroyed someone, he trucked someone. Uh, but I mean, that was, yeah. Anyways, yeah, I think that's the um, reason why I wouldn't put him on that category. I think Gilliam is, like, to me, the future starter. Whereas Victor, I don't know, could be two. Who knows?
1: Yeah. I mean, personally, I think I would have put Victor into the maybe vying for the number two quarterback position if he came in the spring. I think coming in the fall as a quarterback to learn the playbook by, what is it, the end of August, basically? Like, camp starts now. Right, and they although they've been in strength and conditioning, I'm, I'm pretty sure they've had the playbook in their hands um, for that long. You, if you can't, if you're not on the out on the field, I think as a quarterback throwing those passes, reading the defense and making those plays, you know, even if it's just walkthroughs, you you won't be ready game time wise um, and game speed wise to play um, even as a backup. Like if, if your starter goes out in the first snap, you need to be able to step in and play right away. Golf played spring right. He did. Yeah. He did. Okay. He graduated early. So. Fair. Yeah. I think,
2: um, yeah, I think as a quick, uh, no, we don't have to do that. I was going to do a quick side. But, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like, I agree. I think it. you're right. It's a, it's a smaller turnaround time. But yeah. from when I was with the team, there were a couple of players that came in. Like, I, I think Steve Williams it, didn't necessarily, like, come in um, – during the spring and he picked it up I mean dif- maybe defense That's, a little yeah, bit easier. Yeah. But he picked it season seed to pick it up pretty well. Stephen McClure played a freshman, right? That's right. Yeah. Um so there's instances where it can happen. I think you're right, it's harder at the quarterback position. I think the
1: quarterback position is definitely the hardest, right? You just you know, defense wise you'll have your middle linebacker calling out your positions and your switches and all that for you. And, you know, if you're back there playing safety, it's he's gonna signal to you too deep or he's gonna signal to you, you know just just one or man or zone, and you just play whatever you're told to play. Whereas quarterback, you're making the decisions, and to make that switch from making decisions in high school to making decisions at the college speed, I think it's way different. And I think he'll most of these guys definitely will notice. Uh, I think all the freshmen, of course, every year, right? Freshmen always notice. They think they're they're not bad, right? Coming in, they have a little bit of confidence, especially if you're highly rated, and then you come in and these guys are between, the, um, you know. There's guys that are probably going to be like four years older than you, you know, 22. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like fully built. Um, you know, they've had four years of college strength and conditioning, speed, athleticism, you know, game experience, just all on a different level compared to yourself. So I think that's where it hurts him the most. But I don't know. I'm personally excited. You know, if Davis Webb does become our quarterback this year, I'm personally excited to see the quarterback battle. Everyone is excited to see the quarterback battle this year. I'm more excited next year. Especially with Chase Garbers coming in too, if he, of course, if he stays committed, that's gonna be one heck of a quarterback battle, you know. Agreed. Victor, Max, Ross, oh god! I mean, I'm sorry, Chase. If I don't think if if Chase doesn't make it this year, I I don't think it's it's in the mix for him. You think so? Yeah, yeah. I just don't. I think you either go with Bowers or with Gilliam or Victor next year, unless Chase Garbers blows everyone out of the water. Um, but that's about it Um, let's just last question about this is uh, any surprise contributors any person that any people that we weren't expecting maybe to play that you think might play and give us some significant snaps
2: Mm, I don't know what what do
1: you think Uh, I don't know I mean we talked about all the guys that are just listed um, at least wide receiver wise right you know we knew all the big names yeah Um, Samisi though I guess that that would be the only one. Yeah, Samisi or Dwayne Wallace at that right guard spot. I think that's that's the big question mark, right? Mm-hmm. But Dwayne is huge. <laughs>
2: He's enormous.
1: Yeah, um, I mean Samisi is just as big too. Dwayne is six five three thirty. Samisi is six five three forty five. He's bigger. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's gonna be a nobody's as large. big as Aaron Cochran. No one's big as Aaron Cochran. Aaron <laughs> Cochran is. <laughs> Is huge. He's not a guy that I want to anger at all, ever in my life. Six eight um, three fifty. But he's—I don't know if you've met him, uh, but he's—I met him at uh, the fan appreciation thing last summer or last year. He's the nicest guy ever. It's just when he stands up, he's like Goliath, like looking over me. It, it was scary, but at the same time, he's just like smiling, having a good time, no signing autographs. Um, but gotta love that. Yeah. I think for me, you know, back to the surprise point, I think Billy McCrary, I saw him in the spring, oh my goodness, like, the, the, the speed, the athleticism, the, the acceleration that he has through the first line of the defense, and the crazier part was, I think his, his football IQ is just, it's pretty high up there, because the day I was there, and this is, I've talked about this a bunch of times, uh, but the day I was at practice... They were running a little drill where um, they grapevined over, you know, the little uh, pads, you know, where you high step. And then you, uh, what's it? You stiff arm one of the, uh, one of the pylons or uh, pylons. And then you spin off another pylon that's standing right in front of you. And then you're, you're, you off, you're off to the races. The, uh, the little the, standing cone things. Yeah, the really, the, the really tall one. ones. Yeah. The weight so ones. You have to knock
2: that all yeah, the way down. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, um, they were doing that with just the running backs um, throughout the entire you know start of the practice. By the end, when they're running scrimmage, he uses that exact move on a player and gets a touchdown. That was that for me. That that moment where I was just like, I'm I'm pretty sure he's done those moves before, you know, throughout his playing career, but to use what you were just learning literally about an hour ago and apply it it right away, like to think, right? Because usually you're going to be doing what you're most familiar with, right? If that drill, that combination of stiff arm and then spin off, you know, isn't part of your game on a normal basis, you're not going to think to do that. But the fact that in that split second, he realized this is a great opportunity for him to test out the defense was positioned just like those pylons were, and he, stiff arms, spins off, off to the races, touchdown. And so for me, I'm very excited to see how much he's grown as a running back um, from the spring to fall camp, which I believe starts next week. Um, so, or two weeks. Next week? Two weeks. Yeah, it is next week. So, yeah, that's my surprise contributor. Um, I think at, I think if, if they don't need Calfani. I think Billy McCray might actually overtake California at that third spot. That's my
2: hot take. That's tough to see. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Every year I feel like we count California out and then he's like he looks like a lot more like Java than he looks like the yeah. track runner that we expect. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yes,
2: those those plays against Texas.
1: Oh yeah, and that run, that touchdown.
2: Alright. Uh, any surprise? So nothing for you? No, I think my biggest surprise is uh is Victor yeah coming in and playing and providing the mobile element that we had a couple of years ago that we have gotten away from. I would be surprised to see us just like I mean Ross could do the same thing. Yeah, like, there was that highlight of him in high school where he did the John John Elway impression. Oh my god! Yeah, um, so. It could be could be one of the two, but I, I do think we'll see more of a wrinkle in our offense in that regard, where yeah. we have more of a mobile quarterback. Everyone was asking that last year. What would the bear ray look like? With the mobile quarterback? And then we brought in Davis Webb and it's like he's not a mobile quarterback, no. but
1: um I We're think- still waiting for that, right? We're still waiting for I think that was the, the big allure with Armani Rogers when mm-hmm. he was when he was committed, right? Is everyone looked at him and said that's the that's the college football mold right now. That's the Deshaun the Watson mold. That's the Cam Newton mold. That's the RG three mold. That that athletic, big, strong-armed quarterback that can also plow a, a linebacker and and move with his feet. Like that's just one of the things we've always wanted. But you know, maybe that's maybe that's Max next year. Maybe that's Victor next year. You know, that's. But I think I think we'll get there. I think we'll get there where, especially Spavital, you know getting a full year to teach the younger QBs and then saying, all right, I think, I think we can fully run the offense. I want to run with one of these guys. Uh, so that's my take. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. That's it for surprise contributors. That wraps up our uh, Cal football segment, a little basketball before we end with a question from a fan. It's a uh, recruiting, uh, Ira Lee, my, my personal favorite, the, the gem,
2: um, <laughs> the gem, the gem of the 2017 class. <laughs> um, There's so much talent in that class. <laughs>
1: yeah, Cal is unofficially in the top six. He was talking with Scout the other day, and uh, he said, "Yeah, you know, unofficially, i have about a top 6 And he named six schools. It's, uh, and I don't remember who the last school is. I think it's UCLA, or no, it's USC. USC. So it's USC, Arizona, Texas, Oregon, Kansas, and us. Mm. He said, are the six schools that are recruiting him the hardest? So many. Wow. Pac-12, man. Yeah. I mean, the kid is from Arizona. That's where he was born. Uh, His dad went to SC, played football at SC. Um, And uh, yeah. So he has all the links, right? Arizona is going after him because he's from Arizona. We're going after him because we're kind of local. He goes to Prolific Prep up in Napa. So he's literally right here. We're also going after him because we have two of his AAU teammates already committed to our team too. And yeah. I'll have a scouting report on Jamal Baker up in a couple of weeks, but I've been watching that kid's tape. Oh, he's gonna be fun to watch. I mean him and Charlie Moore together. I don't know about defensively, um, size wise, but offensively, it's gonna be very fun to watch. Very, very fun. I will say that. Alright. And to end today, uh, we have a question from fan, Nathan, Nathan Miyazaki. He always sends us questions. I love this guy. And um, he goes, hey, guys. Uh, he gives us four questions. So uh, we'll run through one question at a time. He says, what types of plays on offense do you want to see run under Spaddle?
2: Is there any particular types you want to see run under? I can give you, like, a super broad. It's just, I'm, just, I'm looking forward to it. We've been covering it all night. I'm just yeah. looking forward to more of a balance. Yeah. I think there were plays last year where – you could maybe hear me if you're sitting next to me at the stadium being like, we should run the ball. And we were just in a pass situation because we didn't have the faith. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing that I'm hoping to see this year is that difference. And I think there will be a difference, yeah. a noticeable difference. I think,
1: piggybacking off of your point, I think for me it's it's a more natural running game. I feel like a lot of points last season it felt like just because we have to keep the defense on us, we're going to run here. That's what it kind of felt like a lot of times with the play calling. And I – The best way to keep them honest and keep them on their toes is to be unpredictable with our play calling. And that's basically what it has to come down to, right? Like we have to run when sometimes it looks like all we're going to do is pass. We have to pass when it looks like all we're going to do is run. Um, And then that keeps the defense on their feet. And, you know, if our running game is solid, then we just keep plying them, you know, towards the end of the game. If our pass game is working, then we run the scoreboard up and, uh, and then we keep running at the end of the game. You know, it's 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 just that's how it has to go in my opinion. And uh I think I think Spavital's gonna do that pretty well. He did that a lot. Um you know the biggest thing for me is I don't like Johnny Menzel, but what, what Spadel did with Johnny Menzel, Johnny Menzel's stats, right, just season long stats, actually went up the year after his Heisman. And Spadittle was the uh offensive coordinator that came in after he had won the Heisman. And he raised those stats. So of course, there's also the talk of, oh well, Johnny was a freshman when he won the Heisman, and then the second year is a sophomore, so he's a little more experienced. But you have a new offensive coordinator, and he's calling the plays. And um, if you know Johnny can improve his stats, I'm sure, I'm sure he can help one of our quarterbacks do the same.
2: Yeah, if you throw out uh-huh. last year's season, which was weird, and yeah, I don't know what's going on there with that no, program. No, no, it's. it's Kind of a, a little bit in disarray, but it seems like someone's calmed it down a little bit. Well, it's not at the Baylor level, so. No. Yeah. So, boy, in that conversation, <laughs> a <nice>, shining armor. <laughs> um, but, they, if you throw out that last season, like, what was he, top 15 yeah. offense? Yeah. Man. I mean, every... Signal with where we stood, and we look at those early season previews, that one that SB Nation did, and where we're at with our O line was in the top fifteen categories. Our offense was in the top ten in specific categories. If he can build off of what we've done with a group with younger talent, um, younger guys, not only spells big things for this year, but also next year. Yeah,
1: I mean, people forget, right? What he did with Christian Kirk. At Texas AM, you know, that was one of his big reels in terms of recruiting. What's to say that we don't see the same with Demetrius Robson, right? Same type of mold, right? Very athletic, very long, um, and just a really good receiver. Um, and if we can, if he can work some miracles, I can definitely see that happening. Especially with Peeler, too. Peeler's underrated, I think, as an actual wide receiver coach. I think we always talk about him as how good of a recruiter he is. People forget he's he's a pretty good wide receiver coach too. So yeah, that's that for me. Let's move on to the next question from Nathan: Is a uh, what type of plays do you not want to
2: see run with the offense? What do you think? Uh, not run? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have any. There's no. I, there's no play that I. I mean, oh,
1: I. I have one. I have one. The read option where it's not a read option. You know what I'm talking about? There was those Goff, like set designed run plays oh, yeah, of course. where it's supposed yeah. to it's supposed to be a read option it's set up like that right where he has the ball in california's hands
2: those were the ones where i felt i felt like that was exactly what you said yeah was that we Different ran force. those when we felt like we had to keep the defense honest yeah and we knew that if we did a traditional but we run knew play, lose a couple of yards so we did that
1: but we knew those those balls were going to the running back's hands like we just knew right everyone knew he wasn't going to keep it like, that Washington one, like, he kept, and we were all shocked. But most 99% of the time, he's not going to keep it. He's going to hand it off to the running back. So I don't want to see that anymore unless, I mean, by all, by all accounts, David Webb is not a running quarterback. But if he develops some, like, you know, Wolverine legs uh, over this summer. And-
2: Buster Posey stole third base tonight, so don't underestimate <laughs> anything. <laughs> Uh, the sixth steal of the year. Oh, my, of the year. Yes. Wow. So don't yeah. underestimate anyone. <sighs> I guess. I guess not. I'm knocking on wood. Um, <laughs> all right. Any none for you? Whoa. I don't think there's any specific play that no. I can point to and be like, not this play. But there will be eventually when I get to see a little bit more of it. I have another one too. Um, can we stop running bubble screens on first downs? No. We can't stop running those because we got Stovall now. That's gonna be a new <laughs> little. Uh, I think that's gonna be what um, Sonny's talking about. Is that we never really had that receiver that on a bubble screen can make the first pass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so I actually like look forward to seeing those plays now that we have the dynamic outside, like players. Not that they weren't dynamic, but the real shifty guys on the outside that. Um, can bounce around like a Deshaun Jackson. And, I mean, there wasn't anything – I mean, remember that out route against Oregon that Deshaun ran that was, like, tiptoeing around the sideline? Like, those plays, those aren't fancy plays. Like, it's just a simple out that he ran. But that's but, a good wide receiver play. Exactly. And so, I, I don't mind the bubble screen. And then you got these big receivers that are sitting the blocks on the outside too. So, like, you got the Stricklands of the world. Uh, the VCs. Yeah, that you have exactly. Yeah, Jordan VC. Yeah, I think that could end up being a really solid play for us. You got a big, big athletic O line. You got big athletic wide receivers. And then you have really shifty, you know, you have shifty wide receivers or like you have shifty players at the wide playmaking wide receivers, basically, right? Yeah. After, After the catch, guys. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for that
1: now my point is in, in, invalid you just negated my entire point well if
2: he was last year I'd be wholeheartedly <laughs> it's just that with this year it's like I'm excited to see that I mean it very, could very well be that they don't do anything on those places yeah. here alright
1: uh, two more Is uh, can we expect at least one trick play a game uh, I don't know I'm expecting two you're expecting two a game well what do you define a trick play Something that's not natural, like a flea flicker, that's not natural. Yeah, at least one. Yeah. Um, you know, just any type of plays that you're not... Running back throwing the ball, is that not natural? Yeah, that's not natural. Yeah, Um, give me that. Yeah, that one sounds pretty good. (laughs) Um...
2: I love those plays. Yeah, I mean, at least I, I so always love it when Chip Kelly would go for two all the time. Yeah, and then throw out that weird field goal for or extra point formation and all that stuff. Like, I'm a big fan of that. In college, it should be fun. It should be innovative.
1: I like the I like running the wildcat. Um, except you have your quarterback line up as wide receiver, and then uh, you fake the throw to the other side of the field, and then you throw back to the quarterback, and then he chucks one deep, and then just throws the entire defense off if you can time it right. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, I don't. Yeah, and the last question—it's about trick play—is do you guys have a favorite trick play? If so, what is it? Yeah, to go first. Well, we talked about this before we were about to record the show. For me personally, the big, the greatest trick, trick one I've ever seen was our first game under the Sunny Dykes era against Northwestern—the um, fake field goal um, where he basically the holder tosses it up in the air behind him. And the kicker running around uh, behind the placeholder catches the ball and runs it. Was it for a touchdown? Or was it for just a – it was for a touchdown, right? That's That was the crazy part. It was for a touchdown. Uh, but that was just – That was such a I don't, bold call. It was. It was. And I I just don't understand the – the I. As a place kicker, right, you, you get the snap and you set and then all you do is – it's like um, it's like when you play basketball with your friends and you're just on the court by yourselves and then you like try to chuck the ball from half court like with your back turned to the basket and you just kind of flick it and see if you can make it. It was one of those except you have to pass it to a guy. It wasn't just full strength heaving. Like, you had to kind of – you know have, it was like a touch pass, right? Backwards and amazingly it was perfect. He caught it and he ran it in the end and the defense was just – what the hell happened? <laughs> what the hell just happened? Um, yeah, that's that's my favorite play. Um, maybe we'll see that this year. I've ne- we haven't seen that since that Northwestern game. Maybe it's one of those they
2: pull pull out again and go, "Ha you forgot we had this in the book. Um, you got yours? Yeah, I still think it's just like a simple like. Uh, little shovel pass to the running back, back to the quarterback. Uh, sleeve flicker. early flicker. Yeah. Yeah. I always just love the way that it sets up because you can really see, like, it unfolds slowly when yeah. you're watching it live. Um, and it's very exciting to watch. It was just very exciting to watch Jared throw those balls, like, 60 yards downfield and, like, perfectly onto the wide receiver. So, that's it. Like, nothing fancy for me. Um, But I have a feeling there'll be a couple wrinkles in this offense and... It'll be f- really fun to go out and see in the spring and, yeah, or sorry, in the, in the fall. fall camp and go out and observe that and sort of see. I just remember the excitement from Nim when we, for 2015? No. no, 2014. 14. The year where we narrowly missed the bowl game. Yeah. Uh, it was palpable, his excitement about all the trick plays that we're running. Yeah. And I remember reading his, like, crazy long practice reports and you just talk about like so much trickery yeah yeah, it's awesome so I don't think we'll lose any of that
1: no personally I think with the speed that we have on the outside especially this year I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked to see us run some maybe some end rounds some jet jet Sweet type runs you know the old fashioned just run a wide receiver in motion just straight uh, beeline from the outside position to the other side of the field hike it and then hand off to him as he's in full speed and he just cuts and runs up the field. I think that could work at some point, especially with this group of wide receivers. Um, that wraps it up for us. Uh, we are done. That's my last question. All right. Um, you know how to find us uh, if you found us already. I don't know how you found us, but if you did, keep listening. Um, you can find our stuff on CaliforniaGoldenBlocks.com. I have a couple of scouting reports going up in a couple weeks. I think Andy still has some stuff going up, I think, maybe.
2: Yeah, I think the DB's preview is coming up soon, yeah. and then we'll have this one up. Yeah. And maybe one other one in the works, depending on if I'm alive after this weekend. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um and yeah, if you once again if you have any questions or comments or concerns to us, uh please email us at cgbbearcast at gmail.com. you can find me on Twitter at Rob11HWANG. And also um yeah, California Goldenblogs.com uh at GoldenBlogs on Twitter. Uh, we're always looking at that Twitter handle, and also just we're always down to interact with fans. Uh, so please comment, you know, rate all that good stuff, especially on iTunes as well. Please comment and rate us stars, five stars, please, uh, and uh, review us. And I think that's about it. I think that's that's how we wrap up the show, right? That's I can't think of anything else to say.
2: Follow us on SoundCloud.
1: Yeah, follow us on SoundCloud. Yep, yep. All right, and as always, go Bears. Go Bears.
0: You know it! Why? You tell the story! WHY?